Today in Business from Wired. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is the Spoken Edition of Wired. Support for this podcast and the following message come from TD Ameritrade. Meet their newest trading platform, Thinkorswim Web. It has all the essential tools and strategies in a streamlined interface. No download necessary. Think or swim web. Trading streamlined. Visit tdameritrade.com slash thinkorswimweb to get started. Facebook employees take the rare step to call out Mark Zuckerberg. Some workers at the social media giant are publicly criticizing decisions not to remove or flag misleading posts by President Trump. By Stephen Levy. What happens when an immovable object meets a disgruntled workforce? We're about to find out at Facebook. CEO Mark Zuckerberg has consistently refused to budge from allowing politicians, most conspicuously Donald J. Trump, to post content that would violate the company's rules against harm and misinformation. In dealing with recent Trump pronouncements promoting misinformation about voting and using the language of racism to encourage the shooting of protesters, Zuckerberg has chosen to leave posts, mostly cross-posted tweets, unfettered. Even Twitter, which previously gave Trump similar leeway, now warns users before they can see those Trump misrepresentations. Now, a few Facebook employees have taken the rare step of speaking out publicly against their boss. I'm a Facebook employee that completely disagrees with Mark's decision to do nothing about Trump's recent posts, which clearly incite violence. I'm not alone inside of Facebook, tweeted Jason Sturman, an R&D executive who previously worked at Twitter and Medium. Another Facebook exec, Ryan Freitas, director of Newsfeed Product Design, wrote, Mark is wrong, and I will endeavor in the loudest possible way to change his mind. One engineer, Lauren Tan, tweeted, Facebook's inaction in taking down Trump's post inciting violence makes me ashamed to work here. Dissenting voices aren't unusual in Facebook's internal bulletin boards, which, according to reports, have recently been overflowing with frank complaints about Zuckerberg's policy. But going public is a violation of what was once a near omerta against criticizing Zuckerberg on the record. Even more striking, some Facebookers participated in a virtual walkout on Monday. 
Storming out of headquarters isn't an option since nearly everyone at Facebook is working at home during the pandemic. Zuckerberg noticed. He is moving up his end-of-the-week employee Q&A to Tuesday so he can respond. But will he listen to his workers and take down the posts? If history is a guide, the answer is no. For one thing, Zuckerberg is famously stubborn. This is a lifelong trait. When I interviewed his parents for my book about Facebook, they told me about Mark's decision to leave the local public high school because it didn't have enough computing resources and advanced classes. His family was happy to send him to a costly nearby private school, Horace Mann. But Mark had heard good things about Phillips Exeter Academy, a boarding school in New Hampshire. His mother was already losing one child that year. Mark's sister Randy would be going to Harvard, and she didn't want to see her only son leave the house too. So she begged him to at least interview at Horace Mann. I'll do it, he said, but I'm going to Phillips Exeter. And that's what happened. He runs his company that way too. The business is set up so that his voting shares give him a majority. And while he does seek the opinions of others, he has often chosen to override compelling objections to products and policies that turned out to be harmful and sometimes wrong. Examples, the 2007 Beacon product that violated privacy by reporting user web purchases on the newsfeed. Or instant personalization, which gave other websites private information about a user's friends. That was the same privacy violation that led to Cambridge Analytica. In those cases, the dissent was kept private. Even years later, some of those describing it to me would not go on the record. Now, the complaints are public, and Zuckerberg has to respond. He made a start on Friday with a long, tortured explanation of why he wouldn't budge on keeping up Trump's content. While admitting he struggled with the issues, he went into the weeds of policy to explain why this particular content managed to stay within the boundaries of acceptable Facebook speech. These are difficult decisions, and, just like today, the content we leave up I often find deeply offensive, he wrote. We try to think through all the consequences. People can agree or disagree on where we should draw the line, but I hope they understand our overall philosophy is that it is better to have this discussion out in the open, especially when the stakes are so high. To satisfy his employees, he'll have to do better than those Jesuitical contortions. In the context of Facebook's overall policy, a complex set of rules drawn to allow the freest expression while excluding the most vile content like hate speech and porn, last week's decisions might make sense. But it isn't just those repurposed tweets that make Facebook employees ashamed. The company's workers are responding to Facebook's larger role in aggravating the nation's troubled discord. In following Zuckerberg's zeal to enable the widest possible expression, Facebook has hosted countless posts that may not violate its rules, but have eroded public civility, providing a dog-whistle soundtrack to the intolerance that Zuckerberg admits is disgusting. It's also getting harder to square the CEO's professed neutrality in interpreting the rules with what seems like constant concessions to conservative forces, not to mention unpublicized visits with the president himself. Sooner or later, Zuckerberg has to deal with the larger issue of how Trump has been exploiting social media to spread the poison of division in the body politic. It is for that reason, and not a reposting of a tweet or two, that some of his employees are walking out, others say they are about to quit, and many more will turn down Facebook recruitment offers. And the problem will only get worse as Trump seems hell-bound to post ever more extreme pronouncements. For now, Facebook says that employees who participate in the walkout will suffer no consequences. They won't even be charged with a sick day. Even those who post on Twitter that Mark is wrong will not be sanctioned. 
but will they force Mark Zuckerberg to do what he doesn't want to do? If that happens, it would truly be unprecedented. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.